Oh, yeah. We're back with another episode of Life in the Fast Lane. CTO Kyle Parks here with Nick Carlson. Hey, guys. <laughs> Ew, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, God. What is it? What is, what's the... Um, there's something that sounds like that. I can't remember. It does like, hey, guys. My, my kids are always after me to do voices because I... Not that I do voices, but I'll... I'll always manipulate my voice when I'm like reading books to him. Yeah, I'll do like vampire voice. Yeah, you like change it up and down and give yeah. it like dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun. That's why I did that. Oh, dude. <laughs> Every once in a while, you ever like find yourself like clacking to the beat of a music, like a song or something. Sure. Like you're not you're not humming or anything, but you're like making the noises sure. of the drums or whatever with your mouth. I noticed that Maylin's starting to do it, <laughs> so she's like, in I change her and she goes, I'm like, you are. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what is she, like nine months old now? Ten. Ten? Holy crap. I know. Her, oh, dude, Chloe is so excited. So she had, she like semi-planned the tie or the date and the place that we're going to have like her first birthday party. And um, she told my uncle, and my uncle's gay, and he does all these like massive, massive, massive party events. Mm -hmm. But he loves Maylin to death and he loves us to death. And he's like, can I please take over? Can I please plan her party? Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You you do what you want to do. That's funny. So he's uh he's currently in the midst of planning that. So I'm kind of excited. So That's cool. but I want to start this podcast off with a little little curveball, if you will. Um so I've been listening to the book Choose Your Enemies Wisely by Patrick Bet David, which I would he's currently one of the number one people that I'm like just understanding his principles and how he operates. Mm -hmm. Um he's very intricate to say the least. He has a lot of facets, um, a lot of businesses making a lot of money. He sold an insurance company for I want to say it was like a quarter billion dollars. So he I would say the guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to thinking, what if we chose our enemies? So you you have a thought or a, not necessarily a theory, but you, you see it in a different light. Is you call these people your rabbits. Mm -hmm. um, and I like where he says choose these people as enemies because it you tie into that emotional aspect versus mm -hmm. your logical aspect. Mm -hmm. And you give yourself more of a willpower to want to chase them. Mm -hmm. So... I was thinking, you know, in a way, you're an enemy to me for a marketing perspective because you have a lot of information and you know what works. And I haven't quite figured out everything that works just yet. I understand some principles and aspects, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call you an enemy at the moment of saying, I need to figure a couple of things out in order to surpass you and then be able to take over the marketing here at Dawson. Bring it, bitch. <laughs> oh, I will. You know I will. <laughs> I've proven myself in the past year or so. Yeah. Am I, I number one? No, but I will fucking get there. Yeah. I'm not even number one. You'll turn to me and be like, all right, you're the CTO and CMO. Let's go, bitch. Let's, let's go. Do work. I'm going to take it at number one and never leave. That's right. That's that's the whole goal, isn't it? So um, I wanted to figure out, and you can be as vague if you can, but who who would be a rabbit to you or your enemy that you want to chase? Uh, I, I've said it before on the podcast. Um, Ed Wright and Wright Manufacturing is is kind of who I'm after next. You know, just I'll never be in their space, but um, we yeah they're they're doing mower manufacturing and we're doing uh, 
bulk bulk material dispensing. Thank you. More, I, yeah, everything we do is labor. Off there. Everything is is labor savings for us. So like, yeah, mowers for them. Mowers is labor savings to a point. It's but it's you're never going to go from a Toro to a right and see more than a I don't know five percent increase. Well, I mean, with that and you have like your steel, like your wee It's it's all they're all making it exactly. They're at this point, it's just a rinse and repeat situation where they just the equipment you know wears out, they buy a new one. Yeah. Right. That's How just, do you create reliability and even, I guess, in that sense, also dealer support? You know, because if you can yeah. get your machine in and out within a day or two, it, that's what makes a world of a difference. That in the at it, the moment, it's 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 also branding, right? So like, I know when I when I touch something, like I have a have a Yeti in my hand here. I like Yeti. I I don't like some of the things they've done in the past. I but love my Yetis. I like Yeti. I also am not an iPhone guy. I am a Samsung guy. I like my Samsung. Oh my god, did you see that shit I sent you the other day? I can't remember. On Instagram, dude. it was Maybe. like it was like, "Oh yeah, uh Siri's going gay." And then it was like, "Oh, yep. Samsung just gained another user. <laughs> We're joining the team." Yeah, but like I know personally like I would use a steel piece of equipment before I use an Echo. I just think it's a more professional, more robust piece of equipment. Now, of course, steel makes you know homeowner grade stuff, and, and so does Echo and Red Max and, and all that. But um, you know, I'm also you know I'm more of a um, a PC guy, not a Mac guy. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm a Ford guy. I'm not a Chevy guy. Um, that's just just who I am. Now, do I own other cars? Sure, I have a Chevrolet engine in one of my cars. Do I have an Audi? Yeah, I have an Audi. Um, the GTM has a yep LS LS two. Um, that's a mutt of a vehicle, but either way, um, when it comes to this, this what I call rabbit, Kyle's calling an enemy. I get it. Um, I would never want to call right my enemy ever. Um, no, it's a ra- rabbit is a racing term. So, so okay. So here's what I learned growing up as a kid. I found myself kind of, <laughs> kind of like a fart in a hurricane, just kind of blowing around, literally blowing around, and um, I was like, man, I gotta. I got to focus in on, you know, what what I want, right? And, and through all of my coaching and stuff, one of the number one questions I ask people, um, God, I lost my thought there. Where'd it go? So, with your rabbit? Yeah, with the rabbit is, um, gosh, what did, where was I going? I just lost it. Anyway, when you're, when you're blown around like a fart in a hurricane, you, you kind of lose track of where you are and where you want to be. And you want to, you know, you can't just fall into something. Because when you fall into something, it kind of controls you. You're not controlling it. Exactly. So what I had learned was I I needed to be able to run after something. Oh, the, the number one thing is pick pick somebody that's doing – the number one thing I say in coaching is pick somebody that's doing something that you want to be doing. Exactly. Right. I want to do what Ed, Ed's doing. Ed's, Ed's – not only does Ed have a good company that, you know, his family started and he's now taken over, and unlike a lot of people that screw that situation up, he's actually – flourishing and growing it and being methodical and i'm impressed so if ed's listening good job dude love it i I know you're he's looking down at me going peasant (laughs) (laughs) you have much to catch up to yeah yeah what do you what do you even mean dude you're you're not even on my level and i get that and i'm not yet and i will i'll get there someday um but i but accolades to him and, and for what he's doing and um just on a human level um but i this whole rabbit thing is in racing this is going to be very easy for people to understand, I think. It's easier to be in second place because the person that's in first, you can set your pace to their pace and you can track them down easier 
when you're in the lead, you don't know how hard you need to push to stay in front of that person. And what's even worse is when you're um, when you're qualifying, you're all by yourself, completely alone. So you're on this racetrack and you're relying strictly off of little points on the racetrack that that you reference to as you're racing. Like there'll be a dash on like a piece of paint on the ground, or or the asphalt. There's like a patch somewhere. You pick up these points on the racetrack. And you run the car as hard as you can to that point, and you go, this is where I lift, right? When you don't have a rabbit to chase after, like in qualifying, you are left completely alone in the dark, and it is far harder to qualify than it is to actually race. Exactly. So when you – I'll give you – great friends. I'll use names here because I like these people, and I, I don't mind giving them a little bit of um, accolades or whatever. So back in the day, long, long time ago, I was early 20s, and there's this guy named Jay here locally – and he had a landscape company, or still does, and um, seems to be doing well. I don't, of course, I don't know his books, but from the outside looking in, it looks like he's doing exactly what he wants to do. That's what I'll say. Um, and I envied everything that he was doing, and I'm like, how the hell is he doing it? So what did I do? I called him up. I was like, hey, let me go buy, buy you lunch. Would you mind just kind of sharing what you do? And he was gracious enough to do this. So I took him to Rocco's Pizza down in downtown Annapolis, and we sat there for a solid hour or two, and I picked his brain. And I didn't get a lot, but I got I got direction. Yeah. I got a little bit of direction out of him. And he was he didn't seem to hold anything back. Like I'm not saying a negative thing about him, but he was my rabbit. And I'm like, okay. So I think at the time he was doing like six hundred grand a year and I was doing like two hundred and fifty grand a year. Yeah, you also have to learn not to take too big of a stride, otherwise you go in way too many directions. Well, you'll fall flat on your face. Exactly. So you have to learn what that rabbit is and give yourself steps, but also learn when is the time you have to choose the next one. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people end up becoming complacent and complacent, and you don't want to do that yourself or end up going backwards because you see somebody that pissed you off. You know, like people that end up, telling you that you know the mulch mate sucks or this sucks or that sucks or you don't know what you're doing in your company and it's like i'm not gonna waste my time on you because i can look at your facebook page and tell you you're not even there yeah you're not and and, and the thing is is that if you have time to get on facebook and 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 shit talk you're you're not busy enough you're not you need you need to be working you're not selling enough and it literally 99 percent of the time the people that are shit talking on facebook you look at them and they're nobodies yeah they're literally doing almost zero work they have this little itty bitty trailer and this little bit truck and they think they've got like the world nailed and it's like dude i make more in a in a day than you do all year yeah right so like granted i started there i was there so i can talk a little bit of smack i mean the so the sale that just came in is more than a lot of guys do annually yeah yeah it, it is and that's just like that's happening and Kyle, did you see me mess with any of that? I didn't know that even came, right? So that was the last podcast that we read that. So in the last podcast that y'all just heard, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that one. Um, yeah, listen to more. Tell Craig, us about it. Yeah, Craig came in and gave me some um, invoices, and he's like, look at the trailer this cowboy built out. And it's like, it's sick. And he bought three mulch mates and a DMT trailer. Yeah. Which, which, Connecticut? Yes. Yeah, Connecticut is, is where it's going. Um, Old North. Kick ass. And if the person that's just bought all that and you think this is you, thank you. Thank you for, for investing in into your company. Thank you for trusting us 
to provide you with equipment that should, you know, absolutely revolutionize that part of your business. Yeah, call us in six months. Let's have a podcast. Yeah, for real. So awesome. Um, but going back to the rabbit deal, um, this guy, Jay, really nice guy. Actually, no, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. This is my side of the story, and maybe we'll have him on one day if he's listening to this. Uh, Jay, call me. Let's let's do an interview. Let's do a, a podcast. Um, we'll have you in studio. It'd be great. Um, early on, I didn't like Jay. I, I I thought he was a weasel and a jerk, and I clearly didn't understand who he was, and I had a bit of a, I don't know, just didn't like him. Yeah. And after he took the time and set, not because he gave me anything, but it's because how he handled himself, he wasn't who he, who I thought he was. He wasn't. And so I was able to, within two years, I took what he taught me and then a whole lot of other lessons that I had developed and I was beyond that $600,000 mark. And then within, from the day we had pizza together, about three or four years after that, he came to me and he's like, all right, what are you doing? How the hell did you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, look at me go. Um, and it wasn't that I won the lottery. I put my head down and, and swallowed my pride and got to work, right? Um, That's something that a lot of people aren't, used to or good at or even know how to is swallowing your pride it's tough dude it's it's a nightmare to do um but once you once you once you what what would be the once you do it you'll man you'll be so thankful that you did um i'll give you a good for instance the other day my wife was irritated with me and i just walked up to her she had her phone in her hand and i like slowly pulled the phone out of her hand to like show her i'm not i'm coming in peace right i set it down on the table and then i grabbed her hands and i slowly pulled her out of the chair and I just hugged her and then I set her back down in the chair I grabbed her phone I put it back in her hand I didn't say a word and I walked away and it's like I'm trying to be good to you right trying I don't know what she was irritated about it it nine times out of ten it's the kids and she's tired I mean literally that's always the case um or it's that time of the month <laughs> I had to say it um but um that's one twelfth percent of the time. Yeah, not for or me. One twelfth. It's fifty percent of the time on my side of the Um but you know, going going back going back to the rabbit and the enemies and all, all that, um, it is it's crucial that once you catch the J, right? Once you catch a person like J, you've gotta stop and reevaluate. You know, another big one I had that I really was lost on was when I sold laser cut and started Dawson. Dude, I had done everything that I ever dreamed of. I built a multi-million dollar company. I sold said multi-million dollar company. And I had gotten a patent for this. For me in my life, got married, had kids, built a business, sold a business, got a patent, had a bunch of money in the bank. I was done. And I was lost. At like 31 years old, I was like lost. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm... I'm a farting hurricane. I'm just floating around like a bunch of hot air. And I, I, I had to stop and relearn how to, where's my next rabbit? And then, like I said earlier, how do I get my jollies off again, right? Like before my jollies would get off because I was doing all the sales at, at the landscape company. And I was, you know, talking to people. I'd sell a job. I'd get back in the car and be like, hell yeah. You know, I just sold $80,000 job or whatever the case was. I don't do that now. So now... I look at where all the, the machines and all the equipment and all the stuff we sell, Where what state does it go to? That's how I, I get my jollies off. So um, that's that's how it works for me. 
I like it, Mr. George. So what do you think? No, I like it. There's also another thing, too, is, like, there's also internal. I might call it rabbits, but enemies that you could say is, like, you fear, you know, being at the bottom again. I That's do. That's another one. I, I just, I know it's, like, down there, and it sucks. Yeah, and it's, that It's that's harder being one. poor. It's harder being poor, I promise. Yeah, and that's one of, I know, the things that have been driving me recently is just, like, I want to be able to give my daughter and wife everything that I feel like they deserve, and that is a good life. It is. Versus having to stress about everything and, you know, wondering where a meal will come from. Is I, I never want to have to give them that. Have you so, ever felt that? Uh, briefly. Yeah, it sucks. But that was, okay, so back when the financial crisis hit um it's not that we had a wonder where the next meal was coming from but we did have personal financial issues and it was hey we need to really cut back on a lot of things we're not going to have the luxuries and we had gone from having all these nice things and doing all these nice things to these need to stop now now and it it wasn't that it was a smack in the face. It was just that I know what my parents went through emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to have to have my family have to go through that. And it's not that, you know, I, I'm glad that we went through it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate my parents being open and honest about it at the time. Mm-hmm. And giving me that experience at such a young age because it was right around when my memory started kicking in. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember all of it, mm-hmm. but I remember the parts that were tough and those were the things that stuck mm-hmm. and it it really hit. So, no, I, I haven't been to the bottom, but I I have been to a point where it's like you enjoy all these things to not. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to ever have to have that downfall mm-hmm. for my family. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rough, dude. Like, I lived in it for years yeah. with my mother. It was just... It just <laughs> when you're down at the bottom, man. It, it there's no resources, there's no hope, there's no there's no love. There's like constant turmoil, and yeah. it's just awful, awful. And the only way you can get out of it is be thankful for what you do have, which is your breath. You have your mind. You've got your fingers and toes. Well, most of us do. Some of us don't, and that's really sh- that's a shame. Yeah, I, I I really my heart breaks for kids with cancer and people that just have like an actual disability yeah like when you pull up in your denali and you park in your handicap spot like fuck you dude like that you're not handicapped like yeah. sorry like if you can afford a denali and these people would literally get out with no crutches no nothing. just walk in the store i'm like <laughs> it drives me crazy yeah um like the other day i was at a, i was at a restaurant uh when i was out of town and these six individuals walk in and I can hear them talking, and I literally had my phone and my wallet on the counter while I was, while I was eating dinner. I literally had to shove them in my pockets. I figured they were going to grab it and run with it or something. And they go off in the corner, and they sit there, and they, they sit there for a little while and eat. And then next thing I know, here they come running through the restaurant. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And they run out on their bill. And and I knew, I knew when they walked in, I could just, I, you can look at them, and you can just tell. And they're just scum of the earth. And I, I just, it burns me up. It burns me up. Yep, I get it. Well, that actually kind of leads into kind of, a, I don't know, this is going to be my segue. Okay. Kind of shitty. Anyway, um, it leads into what we wanted to talk about as a topic for today. I, I wanted to have this conversation because I felt like it could be useful and is needed for some people is, 
you know, find that track or find somebody to chase so that you can get yourself to another level. But um, learning to give. Mm-hmm. Um, we always say that the paying it forward is better than, you know, expecting something in return immediately from that person. Mm-hmm. So if you pay it forward to that, like my one biggest thing that I've always learned is if you see somebody on the side of the road that you can immediately help, help them. Mm-hmm. Like when we had the snowstorm the other day, there was a guy that was in front of one of our um, clients and I had noticed he was trying to come up the hill, but I had made the turn before I had seen him yeah. and I made the turn into the hill and he was coming up and hit the brakes and just couldn't make it. I'm like, Hmm, that's not going to work. Is it? So I looked at him and I said, hey, look, I can easily get you out of here. Just give me two seconds. Let me shovel this guy out and I'll pull you right out. And initially I'm going, this hill is pretty steep. I don't know if we'll make it up, but we'll see what happens. Lo and behold, the truck had no problem. I just walked right out with him, which was cool. But still, it's just like, he's like, here, here's some money. Take some. I'm like, no, just next time somebody needs help, you offer them help. I've said that for years. Yeah. And it, it, it does go a long way, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted to see what your thoughts are on it when it comes to business. Like you offer a lot, a lot, a lot of help. I mean, this, this podcast is just information or even just motivation mm-hmm. to get somebody to do something. I know Ben on, uh, what was it? Do it today, not tomorrow. He's like, Kyle, I started applying that as a principle in life. And he's like, it makes you, it, literally makes you feel better when you check that thing off the list then versus going, I'll do it later. Yes. That's why I do it it's, every day. It's insane. So what are what are some experiences you've kind of gone through with people? It's it, it so I've I've run the gamut, right? I've been literally attacked with a knife and stabbed. And then I've been, you know, I've had people I've not actually had a ton of people help me. Not a ton, and that frust- that's frustrating. The world could be a better place if we all did it. So starting off, learning to give. I'll tell you where I learned it. M- Julia, my wife, actually is the one that taught me this, and she said, you know, if you give to the universe, I'll give back to you. And I, for years, I'm like, you're full of shit. Like, th- that, that's not how that works. Like, it's a, you give something, you get it back, and that's just not true. Um, I was young and stupid at the time. And so here's here's what what I've learned is you you end up I use therapy for instance so I, I see a therapist um, almost every week I haven't seen her in a little while but uh, I've been so busy you typically when you go to therapy you think oh they're gonna they're gonna tell you what's wrong with you or they're you're they're gonna agree with you and they're gonna help you through your situation and what I've learned is it's not the case at all what it is is that you're a free place to like talk and then you end up you end up teaching yourself the rights and the wrongs if you're honest with yourself and they give you the space to work you through it right so when it comes to helping others first things first is setting the example so when you set the example it give this podcast like you said with Ben and, and the do it today not tomorrow thing like that's always what I've lived by. And if I never spoke up and said, Hey, let's do a podcast on that. You know, Ben may or may not be in a better place. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Like that's for him to know. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's going to take off this year. I can see it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Do it today. Not tomorrow. Um, but you know, it, it's not always like, Hey, this person has a flat tire. Go change it for him. Sometimes, um, 
it's just listening to somebody or sometimes it's uh, a text message or sometimes um some it, you, you know what's you know what's a good one your wife hmm. when y'all came here and i just tore her ass a new one yeah that definitely in a better place right and it wasn't i didn't do it and it wasn't even like you did it in a shitty mean way you were just like look this is a fact of the matter because i have an external perspective that you don't it's i'm just outside the box and i try to live outside the box and everything but it is really really hard and very uncomfortable um but like that situation was is a really kind of recent good one that we both share and i and and i felt i don't know what came over me that day but i was like she needs to hear this. And, and basically what I had said for all you guys that don't know the story, um, I, I Chloe is Kyle's wife, and she had come in, and we were having lunch together or something. This is years ago. And um, we were sitting in the conference room, and for whatever reason, something came over me, and it was like, you need to you know, focus on her and, and respectfully slap her around a little bit to get her into, into – give her a reality check, right? And so – I said, Which she now admits she needed. Yeah, she did. She did, and, and she didn't know it because she's young. I mean, at the time she's probably like early twenties, right? Yeah, we were twenty-one. Yeah, I mean, super early. And at that point in time, it's weird too, because like really, the parents should be doing that, but parents can't do that to their own kids because the kids don't want to listen to the parents, and that's all of them, not just Chloe's or yours or mine. It's, kids don't like to listen to their parents for some reason, but when a stranger comes in and goes, bap, 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 right and slaps them around a little bit they listen and i think through i think this is what helps is my credentials help i didn't attack her i was just like look black is black white is white get off your ass go get a big girl job stop sitting around and making excuses for yourself all you're doing is hurting yourself yeah and she did and from that moment on she did it all on her own i did help her with the the job she currently has i did find it and offer it to her but she had to go execute it so yeah. that's all her that's not me. Um, I'm like Pippin to Jordan, right? I was assisting her. <laughs> Pippin was great, but he was assistant to, to Jordan. Um, so, you know, when it when it comes to the subject that you, you, know, you had brought up, um, you know, giving back it comes in so many different forms. It comes in the form of lead by example, and other people will observe you, and they'll be like, holy crap, look what he's doing. If he can do it, I can do it. Right? Yeah. Because it's true. Like, there's nothing about me that's special. Um, it's just execution. And and that's a lot of successful people. And the thing is, like, I look up to a lot of successful people. It doesn't mean they're my idols, but it's like they've got a golden nugget I can learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's and that's all I'm after. So that's kind of – that's how I approach, you know, your question. Well, that and it's like if you look at a lot of the – now, granted, yes, having more money definitely does help. It's not always giving the money. It's also giving knowledge, giving time, giving effort, giving yourself. Teach a man how to fish. Exactly. And I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, well, they can give all that money because they have it. But it's like you have the ability to give yourself to someone else with the utmost unconditional love and effort. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes nothing. Zero. Right? And it actually – Giving that person in that time actually gives yourself a sense of honesty too. It does. You, you it, and that's part of that karma. Is, is like you being able to help somebody. So when I was in fourth grade, um, I was right around when I just got my boater's license. My mom and I went out for a zodiac. Fourth ride. grade. Mm-hmm. 
Holy crap. It's been a tradition in my family for like three or um, four generations. That's early as crap. So I got my um, boater's license then, and we went out for a Zodiac ride, and I'm driving around with my mom, and I noticed blue smoke way, 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 way out in the distance. I'm like, that ain't right. Then it disappears, and boat eventually makes its way over towards us, and we're just kind of cruising through this inlet, um, just putting around, and the boat makes it over to our side. And I noticed that something's not right. So I go up and approach the boat. And I'm like, hey, are you guys okay? And they're like, no, 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 we're sinking, we're sinking. Well, what happened is the uh, the coupler that was on the exhaust of the boat, since boats are water-cooled, mm-hmm. they're bringing up water from the bay, and it's pumping it through a cooling system and then pumping it out through the exhaust. Right. And the coupler had popped off, and it was now just leaking all the exhaust from the engine into the boat. Not good. I'm like, turn the motor off, dumbass. Yeah, for real. So he turns the motor off, but it's at this point where the outlet of, or yeah, the outlet of the exhaust is now below the water line. Mm-hmm. So it's just pouring in because mm. now it just can. Mm. So water's just pouring into the boat and the boat's going down. I'm like, look, just get on the boat. We'll get you taken care of. I hail one of our, um, one of our friends that had just passed us in the inlet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, before you tie off, can you come over here and help us? There's a boat sinking. So he just says, F it, turns around and slams it out. He's like, I don't care about six knots. I'll get over here and help these people. Mm-hmm. And initially the th- point was, I'm here to help you guys. I'm I'm not concerned about getting anything out of you guys. This is a good Samaritan boater ordeal. Mm-hmm. I am here to help you guys, you know, get your family to safety onto a bigger boat so that you guys are okay. Right. And we get them all onto this boat or onto our friend's boat. They anchor up really quick nearby mm-hmm. so that we can assist getting the tow boat US to get the boat out of water. And I think they eventually towed it to our marina and pulled it out of the water. And um, I don't think from then on out they uh, went back boating since. <laughs> but still, it was just a matter of, look, I'm not here for the, the praise and the hallelujah. It was the... I'm I'm here to help you guys because it's this is what's right. We're we're humans. We're here to help each other. Yeah. You know, prop each other up like you were saying and it um it definitely does good long term and I noticed there was a point in my life where I kind of got away from that and not in not in a sense of like I'm not going to help anybody. It's just that you get to a point in life and you're you think you're headstrong and you think you're everything, and you think you're big shit, but you have to turn around and look at yourself and you're like I'm not like I had had a slap in the face, like I said, a year ago. And I'm like, I, I turned away from a lot of things that I was mm-hmm. and coming back to it helps, Yeah, you know, finding that true North and that moral compass. So, yep. um, I feel like being able to give to others, whether it's time, knowledge, effort, even if it is money, you go with the expectation that it's not coming back to you. Yeah. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, you have to be able to allocate. Okay, say you're making, you know, a hundred thousand. If somebody needs help, you say, "Hey, look, I'll give you two thousand dollars, but this is the last time you ever ask for it, and I do not want it in return." Right. You know, and you just say, "Here, this is to help you through this point of time." Mm-hmm. But you need to find a way to pay that forward to someone else. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, dude, I couldn't tell you how how many times I've said that in my life to people. Yeah. And who knows? Like, who knows? I'll I'll be honest. There was a point in time in my life where I was like dude, am I ever going to get this good karma back? And and quite honestly, like everything we're sitting in right now, this this whole entire facility, I feel like it all came back in one big whack. Yeah. Now, with this facility, 
have there been hard times? Yeah. And have there been hard times recently? Yeah. It, it, it almost feels like a war, right? Like war doesn't end. It, it, imagine being at war as a soldier. You're, you never get a break. Like how do you sleep when you're in the middle of a war? Exactly. It's not like there's eight hours of war and then everybody takes a time out. Think about that. Unless it's Christmas. Then, have you ever heard of the truce on Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. So, I remember, I don't remember if it was World War One or World War Two. I, I know it was like when there, we were like building trenches and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But there was a truce during Christmas or Thanksgiving to like, I think it was Christmas, to celebrate the time with the people that they had. And then after that, they just went back to killing each other. <laughs> I'd have to see if I could find the battle. I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it really quick. That's a funny It's a cool truce. story, though. That's funny. I, I, yeah, it's so... You know, if you really think of it in those terms, right, it is it is ridiculous to think about life in the terms of war. Yeah, it was Christmas Truce was a series of widespread unofficial ceasefire along the Western Front of war of the First World War around Christmas nineteen fourteen. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, okay, that may be, but like any other time, right? Yeah. It it has got to be the most nerve wracking, unsettling, frustrating. You want to know why these guys have PTSD and all that? If they're not mentally prepared for that, uh, imagine like you have you have a very young child. It you get sleep deprived. Your wife gets sleep deprived. I oh I'm still I'm going through the cruise was great for a week. After that, you're like ah yep back to normal. Yeah, back to shit show. You know number one thousand and fifty nine. Um, you know, and it doesn't go away when you when you're a parent, dude. It does not stop and you also have the stresses of like you know there's anything can happen at any point so it's like you want to make sure you're giving the best for them but then make sure they don't go run around the house and bunk their head onto something and then they get set back yeah you know because that can happen yeah you don't want like I, I have a friend of mine that um his little girl is uh i think she's four or five years old and she just got like this big gouge in her head she was just she was just in school and like whacked her head on like a rocking chair and then she just walked up to her mom which is the teacher and there's just this big gouge in her head. She's like, what the heck happened? And she, they're running off to, you know, head wounds are just, they bleed profusely. Yeah. Because blood's pumping up, right? So they run they run to ER and get her a bunch of stitches. And, and the first thing out of my buddy's mouth is, dude, she's going to have a scar on her head forever. And it's like, yeah, it, it that sucks. So I have a scar on my cheek right here from mm-hmm. when I was little. Um, you know, baby's nails are... The probably the sharpest thing you ever run your hands across. Oh yeah, especially when they get you in your neck and they're like, oh, "I'm gonna rip out your jugular." <laughs> when I was young, I scratched my face and I've got a massive gouge in my cheek. Mm-hmm. It happens. I have, mm-hmm. I, I have a I have a scar on my nose. You really, I don't remember what side it is. I think it's I think it's yeah, it's the right side. Um, I don't know, it's year and a half year, you know, year and a half something like that. And my father and mother were moving, and back in the the eighties there was these like big speakers and they were made of like wood oh my god i remember those super sharp corners mm-hmm. and they had like the, the little black f- f- you know fabric on the front and they had pillows piled up on them and um and, and they were protecting it for me and i walk over there knock all the pillows down and slam my face right into it <laughs> and, and and my dad's like are you kidding me but like now i have a scar on my nose and you know with kids it's like we're, we're trying to protect not only we're trying to protect their their, their skin but their stomachs their allergies their their psyche but then also at the same time give them the ability to grow it's impossible mm-hmm. it's literally impossible to raise these kids it's like, i don't know how people back in the day had like elon musk has nine kids nine what the 
How can he do what he does and actually give those kids the proper amount of love and attention? I don't think he can. So my my personal max would be three. That would be it. And Chloe's like, I don't want any more than two because I don't want to be outnumbered. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but once they get once they get to a certain point, they start kind of raising themselves. Yeah, you know, and it's not a matter of like, oh yeah, I, I have to have that. I was like, if we if we end up having another girl then it's like okay we'll try for a boy you know if we have a boy okay maybe it's then all right let's not go too haywire yeah you know so yeah it, 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 it things tough but um but you know you do your best with them and, and that's as that's as far as we go god dang how do we get on this tangent i don't know here we go that's just how this goes um thanks for a good time to- or good uh conversation though it does so i guess the, the- dude maylin is freaking walking though is she really? She is full blown. Like she'll go from one side of the house to the. I mean, she's still crawling, but she she is. She'll make it from here to that door. Oh yeah, it'll happen. I'm like, oh my god. I'll just wait. Now, now my kids are like carrying each other and throwing each other around and constantly wanting to like play fight, and then it turns into fighting, and then it turns into hurt and crying, and then it's. I will <sighs> say that Maylin is pretty aggressive. <laughs> she is going to be the alpha of the pack. I can guarantee you that. I'm not surprised. She went up to Bailey the other day, which is Lyle's uh, little girl, and we go over and hang out. And it's not like Lyle and Zoe get mad about it. It's just them doing what they're doing. They're, they're babies. They don't know what to do. But Maylin went up to Bailey and just grabbed her by the jaw and yanked her forward. And I was like, oh, my God, Maylin, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, think, you think they don't have any programming. Yeah. They know how to breathe. They know how to crap. They know how to eat. Yeah. Maylin, she loves wrestling. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's so cute because you think about it. Like I understand why that is because there's this this intimacy of touching each other. Mm-hmm. There is interaction. There's when you wrestle, you can't think or do anything else. Yeah, the girls enjoy the what is it that they enjoy the physical touch and the the time with, and then the boys enjoy the the special interactions. So like if you took. Dawson out racing or something mm-hmm. like that. Like there's something that you can buy. Like my dad and I, it was always engines. Yeah. Whenever it came to doing stuff out on the boat or at the house on the cars, we always bonded because that was our time together, just him and I. Yep. That's what like this weekend. I'm going um I'm going to the biggest snow tubing hill in North no, in America. I want to so we're gonna, we're trying to plan it next year so that we get this big group of friends and we all go. Mm-hmm. And um we're we're gonna do that, but this year I think we're doing like a like a beach trip or something. But we're gonna go do snow tubing, and I'm like, you can 100% guarantee I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm grabbing the snow tube, full fucking sending it towards the ramp, and just doing one of those like hi jumps, <laughs> and just. <sighs> Nikki's not doing that. Nikki, oh, I will 100% do that. Nikki, Nikki Poo will will die and break in half. I'm my body's starting to hurt thinking about that. That if you get me to like Key West and stuff. And we go out on jet skis. You can guarantee. Mm. I, 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 I used to I used to ride jet skis and and man they beat the crap out of you. I love jet skis. Yeah. Jets. I could do jet. I haven't figured out snowmobiles, but I could do jet skis. I want to do snowmobiling too. You know who I'd be scared to see on a snowmobile? Mm. Justin. Oh my god. Yeah, he'd be a cluster. Sam thinks he doesn't drive very good. I've never ridden with him. What on a in a car? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. He's not that bad driving. It's I. Justin tends to find a way to test the limits of what he can do pretty quickly. <laughs> Justin's one of our guys here at Dawson Manufacturing. I love Justin. Justin would be like, okay, you know how heavy did that um, thing out at uh, at his uh, one house? Yes. And he had all those YouTubers there. 
Justin would be the guy that's doing the wheelie for like a hundred feet straight, and then stop and then see how fast he can make it go. That's funny. That's funny. yeah. I the first so Justin, um, the first time we went to Key West with him, he dumped the scooter hard. I was like, oh my god! At least it wasn't a Sam. Sam wins that one. Sam gets the trophy. He said he's never going to ride a, a scooter in Key West again. I'm like, you sissy. He's going to get a golf cart and drive old pop pop. This around. is the only guy in this group that's ever owned a Harley. And he trashed it. Now he won't ride one. I'm like, you sissy boy. Anyway, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's been a fun one. Um, we got a lot of things to do here, so Kyle and I are going to jump off. We really appreciate you joining us for another episode of Life in the Fast Lane, and we hope that uh, you enjoyed as much as we did. Uh, if you want to know any more th- any more about our products, go to mulchmateusa.com, and you can find out anything there. If you really want to get nitty-gritty, email Brian uh, at brian at mulchmateusa.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N at mulchmateusa. There's another, another one for you. All right, guys, have an awesome day. We'll catch you in the next one. Don't miss me too much.